2 Corinthians chapter 6, and um, in verse number 11, preaching is a lot of things, teaching is, is a lot of things, preaching is a lot of things, and um, one of the simple ways that I approach preaching and teaching is um, to be able to give someone something, to be able to give you something that will help you um, in, in, in your life and the life that God created you to live. Um, so in that sense, um, you know, I want this message tonight to be like a gift to you, um, to something that you can take uh, and, and use in your life uh, that will make a real difference um, in your life. And so just keep that in mind as we move forward. Um, we're going to continue to develop some things um, from Ephesians on the fellowship of the mystery, the manifold grace of God. We haven't stepped away from that. And um, I really uh, you know, just felt impressed by the Holy Spirit um, to um, address some things uh, pertaining to what the Bible calls a ready heart. In the message translation in the 13th chapter of Matthew, um, I know I ask you to turn to 2 Corinthians. Just let's work our way to 2 Corinthians here for a moment. Just stay where you are. And, and, uh, but in the message translation, Jesus says, whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. And so one of the most important things that we can have when it comes to the things of God is, is a ready heart. And um, so we've dug into now six messages on uh, the Fellowship of the Mystery, and I just really feel like we needed to step back and kind of look at some things pertaining to a ready heart before we dig into it anymore. Um, so 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 11, it says this, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted. Okay, let's, before we even read the rest of the verse, Notice what he's saying here. He said, you're restricted. You're, just not, you're not being restricted by us. You are, you are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. You are restricted by your own affections. This same passage from the message translation, we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small but you're living them in a small way. I often quote a passage from Romans 1, again from the message translation. The Bible says that, God, that people knew God perfectly well, but when they refused to worship Him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion so that there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. Trivialize themselves into silliness and confusion. To trivialize something, again, means to make it to be less than what it is, to, to make it smaller than what it is. Do you see how this passage ties in with that? We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. So again, he says you're restricted by your own affections. To restrict means to limit or deprive. To restrict means to prevent from increasing or doing, to, to keep or to hold back, to keep you from going any further, to limit one's freedom, to limit someone to only doing or having a particular thing or staying in a particular place. Holy Spirit asked us a question end of last year. We've asked it now many times throughout this year. 
He said to us, don't you want to know what kind of life is on the other side of that wall you keep hitting? Don't you want to know what kind of life is on the other side of that wall you keep hitting? Let that kind of sink in for a moment. Because that wall in this analogy is representing these restrictions, things that hold us back, things that, that uh, seem to keep us from going any further or progressing any further or having any more or doing any more or being any more effective in our lives. Let's get something nailed down really quick, okay? God is not holding you back and the devil can't. God's not holding you back and the devil can't, okay? So what then is it? I and mean, we basically got three parties in this conversation. We got God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, we got the devil, and then we got us, right? And if God is not restricting you and the devil can't restrict you, that just leaves me and you, right? Now, I'm not telling you this to beat you up tonight. I'm telling you this to get you happy, right? If God is for you and not against you, if God's desire for you is for you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers and has spared not his only son but delivered him up for us all, how will he not freely now give you all things? So if God is not holding you back and the devil can't, what is holding us back? Our own affections. Or let me say it another way, our own priorities. The things that we have set our individual hearts upon. We're restricted by our own affections. Your affections are things that you're fond of, things that you desire, things that you value, things you treasure or enjoy. And it may not, listen to me please, it may not necessarily be something quote-unquote sinful. It may not be something uh, of darkness, right? But there's only so much room in our lives. We, in other words, we only have so much affection to invest. Your affections are things that you would answer this way. I love fill in the blank. I really enjoy fill in the blank. I can't wait until fill in the blank. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. But who decides what you treasure? Who is responsible for making the list of priorities in your life? I want to give you a really simple word tonight. Shift your affections to the Word of God and the things of the Spirit, and your life will never be the same. Because we've set our affections on the wrong things, those affections have limited us. They have created a wall in our lives that we can want to break through it. We can catch glimpses of what's on the other side of it. We can hope and dream of one day getting over it. But listen to me, please. What set that limit, what set that restriction in your life is your own affections, and it will never change until your affections change. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I like what I like. I enjoy what I enjoy. I love what I love. I do what I do, right? I got you, but listen to me, please. You can change that, a deliberate, intentional act. You're here tonight. There's other things you could be doing. There's television shows you could be watching. There's... Pool you could be shooting, cards you could be playing, grass you could be mowing, a nap you could be taking, right? Food you could be eating. See, there's other things you could be doing right now, but you've chose this tonight, at least for this part of your day and your evening, you've chose to make this your priority. Hats off to you, right? 
That's you setting your affections. The Bible says we have to set our affections. The word set is speaking of a deliberate, intentional act. But notice what Jesus said. When you set your affection on something, eventually your heart will be there. You say, well, Pastor Mark, my heart's really not in it, but I'm here. I'm here. My heart's really not in worship, but I'm here. Make it a priority in your life, and eventually your heart will be drawn to that, and that thing will be drawn to you. It was worth the effort to get here just to understand we are restricted by our own affections. If we can change our affections, what we set our hearts upon, the limits that our affections have imposed upon us will be lifted or will be broken. Now, oh man, let me... um, I've got a list of eight things, and I'm, I'm just not sure I'm going to be able to get to all of them, and I'm, I'm just determined tonight that I'm not going to rush this, okay? So I'm going to give you what I've got in the time that I've got to give it to you, and then we'll just dig back into this later, okay? And I know, well, you know, I speak to say some of you can't come on Sunday morning, but next Sunday morning, anyway, the Holy Spirit will lead us from there. Let me quit burning time, and let's just get to it, Okay. There are things that exist inside of you that have been planted there by your Creator. Things that you sometimes swerve into, you sometimes catch a glimpse of, that kind of springs it to life for a moment. You catch a flash or a glimpse. Maybe somebody broken down on the side of the road and you stop and help them and you get back in your car and you just feel so good, even if things are really upside down in your life. You just feel like you just did something good or right or whatever. You give something to somebody, you know. Again, you're, you're tapping into things that God has put within you. The Bible says He's given to every person the measure of faith. I've quoted that incorrectly sometimes. I've I've quoted that a measure. Not a measure, the measure. The measure. In other words, the measure is the measure. It's the same for every person. In other words, God gave Paul, Ronnie, Ginger, the measure. Me, the measure. Now, some people take the measure God gave them and develop it. Others, it's just lying dormant in them. But again, faith is one of those things that Father has put in you and when I say in seed form think of seed as being representative of potential seed form but we know that a kernel of corn has the potential to become a stalk of corn with ears of corn on it all contained within the seed the potential that's in the seed and so father has place things in you. This is true of folks who have been born again, and it's also true of people who have not been born again. That's why someone who's never been saved can hear the Word of God pertaining to salvation, and it arouses faith within them to believe it and receive that gift of salvation. So people who have not been born again have these seeds, the seeds in them, but my goodness, someone who has been born again My brother, my sister, what lies within us 
is beyond anything any person in this room can comprehend. The very Spirit of God, the very Kingdom of God. I'm not trying to freak you out, but the Bible says that you have no need that anybody teach you because you know all things. Now, don't go get in an argument with somebody and tell them, Pastor Mark said I'm a know-it-all. But no, you, but you are in seed form. The seed of all wisdom and knowledge is in you. So when we talk about what lays within us, what lies within us, what, what, what exists within us in seed form, it, it literally, everything that you will ever need in this life to live the life that God created you to live is already inside of you in seed form. The Bible says, I know this may be so fresh and so new and so almost bizarre to, to, to some of you, but the Bible says that a good man out of the good treasure inside of him brings forth good things. Now, if I'd never seen apples on an apple tree, I'd wonder what that meant. But an apple tree brings apples, good things, from inside of itself. It, it, those apples come from inside that tree out. And God created you in the same way. Everything inside, everything that you will ever need is inside of you right now in seed form. Now, what we've got to learn how to do is get the restrictions off of that. If it's in us in seed form, how do we convert it from a kernel of corn to a stalk of corn? How do we convert it from something inside of us as a seed to something outside of us that we're experiencing and enjoying and being blessed by and using to bless other people? That's what I want to give you tonight. I want to give you the how-to. I want to give you the instructions on, on how to do that. Now, here are our first clues the two things that, well, really we say the three things. Three things that a seed needs is soil, but that's your heart, the Bible says. The inward part of you is the soil, okay? So a seed needs soil, but then the other two things that are crucial for that seed to grow and, and, and to come to fruition, it's, it's light and water. The seed inside of you needs to water, be watered, and it also needs light. Amen. Now, what we see with physical seeds has been patterned after the spiritual original. It's not that the things of the Spirit are like physical seeds. It's physical seeds are like the things of the Spirit. The things of the Spirit existed first, and we now have a physical expression of that to teach us, a comparable, a parable, to teach us about the spiritual part of it. Are you still with me? Now, all of this ties in with our affections. And remember, we said that if we'll set our affections, even if our heart's not in it right now, even if it's a, 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 a deliberate, intentional act, even if it's something that, that we say, you know what, I'm, I really wasn't raised this way, this really doesn't seem to be me or my personality or what I'm into, but if this is what I need to do to get some water and some light on the seed that's inside of me. I asked these questions this morning, I want to ask them again tonight. Am I the only person in this room that feels like I should be doing more than I'm doing right now? That I should be experiencing more than I'm experiencing right now? Am I the only person in this room that feels like there's some invisible restriction that's holding me back from what, what God has for me in greater degrees and greater measures? Why do, why do we even feel that way? 
It's because it's true. We, we were created for more. We, we were created for more than this. So those are the seeds inside of you screaming out for the water, screaming out for the light, screaming out for something to, to initiate their growth, to initiate this process, or should I say progression, in your life. Let me, if I could, simplify a progression. Are you ready? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. In other words, a progression is where one thing leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next in, in, a, in a predictable way, in, in, in a way that, um, again, is building. So we're talking about a progression, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, all right? So the, the un, unleashing, releasing of the seed potential that's inside of you, it begins with what I'm going to call initiation, okay? Initiation. And what, what I mean by initiation is one's personal, responsible decision. By definition, initiation is speaking of a beginning step or an action that sets in motion. An action that sets a progression in motion. The potential that's inside of you becoming a reality involves more than it being initiated. But again, there, there has to be a beginning point. There has to be a line in the sand. There, there has to be a, a point in time when you say, I am shifting my affections to something different. And this is where the progression is initiated. Initiation, again, one's personal responsible decision. What are you willing to change? What are you willing to do more of? What are you willing to do less of? And by this... I want you to think real, practical. I want you to think time. You know, not just, well, you know, I'll get around to it or, or whatever. That's not a life plan, right? I want you to think like time. Like, like how much time am I willing to devote? How much, how much effort am I willing to, to put into this? How, how am I willing to rearrange my schedule to initiate this? Nothing changes, nothing changes, right? Romans 10, 17 says this, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now listen to me please, okay? The Word of God, the Word of God is, the Bible says, light and water. Just, amen. You say, Pastor Mark, I don't understand that. How can a book be light and water? I, again, you're going to have to trust somebody. I'm asking you, do not just trust me, but trust what I'm telling you from the Word of God. Okay? What if it's true? In other words, you say, I'm not sure. So what if it is true? It's true. I'm convinced it's true. I've experienced the truth of it in my life. But if this is all new to you, again, what if it's true? 
His words are spirit and life. The seed inside of you, they're spirit seed. They're, they're, they're not like physical. It's not like you swallowed some vitamins. They're, they're of a different sort. They're of a different form. Amen. And they don't just need you to drink water or shine a flashlight down your throat. They need a light that is also spirit in nature. They need water that is also spirit in nature. Amen. And so the initiation of the progression begins when we start to add the light of God's Word and the water of God's Word, bringing it from outside of us into us. This is what sets it in motion. <laughs> this is why there is such a fight from the powers of darkness to keep you from ever hearing the Word because the faith that is inside of you it is aroused and awakened by hearing the Word of God. Faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And the devil does not want the faith inside of you to, 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 to be released because the Bible says the faith inside of you is the victory that overcomes everything in this world. Are you hearing me this night? So it's initiated, it's set in motion by hearing the Word of God. By hearing the Word of God. Now, listen to me. And I, I just feel, I keep getting drawn back to this by the Holy Spirit. So somebody here needs to hear this, all right? There are some spirit seed inside of you that just a little bit of light and a little bit of water will cause almost an immediate reaction. That's good. Don't despise that. Be thankful for that. But there are other deeper things inside of you. Things that involve seed specific or particular to your destiny. Listen to me now. Those things are going to take a tremendous amount of light and water to germinate. It's going to take a tremendous amount of light and water over a long period of time to bring to fruition in your life. Okay? Understand that. Understand that. But whether it's some simple thing in your life that you're trying to understand right now, all the way down to seeds that are connected to your eternal destiny, they still need light and water. And it begins, this initiation begins with you and me receiving God's Word into our lives. Now, listen to me, please, again. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. When you were born again, you became a new creation. Far too many people still live like the person they were instead of the person they became because their thinking is still dominated by the old person, by the old man, not the new man. Let me say it another way. Because we still think like the person we were instead of the person we became, we still live like the person we were instead of the person that we now are. There is no way tonight and for the next six weeks I could ever overemphasize to you the importance of your thinking. But remember, these words 
did not originate in the mind of a human being. These words originated in the mind of God. These, these words are, are vehicles that transport thoughts from another world. So when you introduce the Word of God into your heart and mind, you are introducing thoughts. You are introducing thinking that originated in the heart of God. And so it is an initiation. It's a setting in motion. Now, I want to I try to... And I'm not, listen, this, all this comes down to you and the Holy Spirit, but let me, like, what if, we asked this question this morning, what if you spent three hours a day listening to the Word of God and Spirit-led, Spirit-inspired, anointed preaching and teaching? You say, well, that's unreasonable, Pastor Mark. I bet you're already spending three hours a day on Facebook, television, texting. I'm not opposed to, again, I'm not opposed to, I have television in my home, I watch television, right? But again, there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so much affection I have to invest. There's only so, so many minutes and hours that I have to invest in any given day. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm not here to browbeat you. This is what I'm talking about, a shift in your affections. What if... What if you shifted your affection to, to saturating your inward man with more of God's Word, more of God's light, more of God's water? Here's another thing he spoke to my heart this morning. He said, in the natural, some seeds, you can overwater them. In the natural, some seed, if, if they get too much light, not spiritually. In other words, you cannot overwater spirit seed inside of you. You cannot put too much of the light of God's Word on the inside of you. You hear what I'm saying? So when we start taking in thoughts from the Word of God, we're introducing new thinking, thinking from another world into our inner man. So number one is initiation. Number two is illumination. Illumination. Illumination means to light up, to supply or brighten with light. Psalm 119 and 130 says, The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. You can have 20-20 vision. But, but be just as blind as someone who can't see at all if there's no light. Think about that for a minute, right? Nothing wrong with your eyes. You can see clearly. But if there's no light, you can't see anything. So what God's Word does when you begin to steadily take it in, the entrance of His Word gives light you begin to see things that you've never seen before. You, you, you begin to realize things about yourself that you've never realized before. By receiving His Word into your heart and mind, now all of a sudden, there, there is a light that is 
illuminating, shining, and, and, and supplying light inwardly that's now causing things that you were once confused by to now make sense. In other words, you've had the ability to see it. If you're a born-again person, the Spirit of the Lord is the candle, right? The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. In other words, if you're born again, you have spiritual sight. But if you have no light, you can, you can have 20-20 spiritual vision, but if you have no light inside of you, you're not going to see a thing. Are you following what I'm saying tonight? Now listen to me, please. Just like light on a seed, natural physical seed, awakens and arouses something in that physical seed and, 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 and causes it to germinate. The light of God's Word reacts with and awakens things that are already inside of you and causes them to grow. I'm talking about gifts, callings, new desires. The Bible talks about us experimenting with things in the flesh and awakening passions, desires in our flesh. We all know what that is. We all know what that's like. Things that you can't unsee. Things that that you wish you'd have never taken into your body that awakened uh, within you a, a, a desire uh, for that, okay? But listen, in the same way, the light of God shining inside of you will begin to awaken and even create new desires inside of you. In the same way a seed can lay dormant in the earth waiting for water and light to grow, there are seeds of God's kingdom inside of us waiting for the Word of God to bring its light and water to them. Matthew 6.22 says, If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. Now, what that simply means if your eye be single, he's saying if you focus on the Word of God and the things of the Spirit and nothing else, the opposite of your eye be single. Some translations say if your eye be good, your whole body be full of light. If your eye be evil or bad, right? And what he's talking about here is a fragmented focus. A fragmented focus. Is this okay tonight? I got the right bunch tonight? I'm trying to give you something practical, man. Something that you can take with you and, and work on this week and work this week and, and really begin to see some positive progress in your life this week right? If you're, if you're hung up on eight and we're only on two, that's fine. We're not going to even try to go through all eight of them tonight, but just listen to me, please, all right? We're talking about a fragmented focus, or could I say it another way? We're talking about the affections of our heart spread very thin over many different things. If we start refining our affection, instead of setting our affection on 50 different things, we set more and more and commit more and more of our affection to the things of God, specifically to the Word of God, to hearing, reading, studying, receiving the Word of God into our hearts. It's, it's, it's going to increase the amount of light inside of us, which is going to react with and awaken things, positive things, good things already inside of you and cause them to grow. Amen? All right, let's go one more. Initiation, illumination, the third one is meditation. Meditation. Meditation is one of the most important things to your daily walk. And it is very sad to me that the enemy 
because he knows the power of it. He has stolen this. There are folks who believe meditation is like, you know, some kind of Middle Eastern religion, and we, we, no, no, the, the devil doesn't have anything original. He's stolen everything from God. The Bible has much to say about the importance of meditation. What is it? Two, four, six, eight. Meditation. To think deeply or focus one's mind intensely for a period of time. It also means in the Hebrew to mutter to one's self. Dr. Rick Renner uses this one. To try to bend one's mind around. Meditation. So what's happening? We're taking the Word of God in. We're receiving the Word of God. We've initiated a progression. That Word is now bringing light inside of us that wasn't there before. Thoughts that did not come from this world but came from another world. Thoughts that originated in the heart of our Creator Father. Now those thoughts are inside of our minds. They're inside of us, transported there by the Word of God. Now, as we take those thoughts and we begin to wrap our mind around them, we begin to focus our mind intensely, deeply upon these things for a period of time. Okay. Wow. One of my go-tos is um, 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and, and have overcome them because greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. Begin to meditate on that verse. I like to personalize it. Greater is He who is in me than he who is in the world. I'm in Jesus and Jesus is in me. I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. I have the greater one. The greater one is in me. Because the greater one is in me, there's nothing on the outside of me that's greater than Him. And since there's nothing on the outside of me that's greater than Him, there's no challenge in life that I'll ever face that I can't overcome with Him. Are you following? Are you seeing what I'm doing? I'm processing this. I'm batting this around in my mind. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking deeply. I'm focusing on it. I'm, I'm wanting to understand it. I'm wanting it to become a part of me. I'm putting forth the mental effort. I'm setting, remember, one of, one of the definitions of affections is something that affects you emotionally or mentally. Meditate. This requires effort. It requires time. But this is what happens when you meditate. The Holy Spirit comes alongside you and begins to speak to you. And He begins to reveal things to you. That brings us to the next one. I will not comment. Revelation. Stand with me. Praise God. So I made it halfway. Is that good? that good? All right. So I'm not done. I'm just asking you to stand so you'll think I am, okay? Now stand with me, please. Praise God. I'm going to pray for you. Pastor Mark, what can I do right now to make the biggest difference in my life? Immerse yourself in the truth of God's Word. You say, I don't understand that, Pastor Mark. Well, <laughs> what did you understand the first time you heard it? The first time you read it? Right? 
There's an attitude that we have to have. Peter said it best in John the 6th chapter. Jesus, where else would we go? You have the words of life. He didn't understand what Jesus just got through saying, but he knew that Jesus had answers he didn't have. He knew that Jesus um, knew things that he didn't know. One translation says, Jesus, when you speak, something comes alive inside of me. You see what's happening here? We've taken the initiative to hide the Word of God in our heart. The entrance of His Word has started to water some things. It's, it started to bring life to some things. It started to shine some light on some things. It's brought illumination. Now that the illumination has come, right, we're beginning new thoughts. Now we're putting forth the effort to really connect with those things. Really begin to, to personalize those things. Really begin to think about what this means to my life now because this is true. Okay? And now the Holy Spirit's going to come alongside and He's going to begin to speak to you. And He's going to begin to bring revelation to you. And revelation is when you begin to divinely see things that, has been, that were previously hidden. I'm not talking about just begin to, to kind of catch a glimpse. I mean, you, it's like more real to you than something physical. I mean, it's, I mean, it's like I see that glass and that's real. There are things on the inside of me that are as real or more real to me now than that glass right there. That's revelation. That's revelation, see. It's what Brother Jesse Duplantis says. It's, it's going from believing to knowing. Right? I don't believe my name is Mark. I know my name is Mark. There's a difference, right? Once you know something, see so you... <laughs> Once the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, there is no argument, there is no, there's nothing that can ever take it from you or change your mind ever again. Because it's not just something in your mind, it's something eternal that has come alive in your spirit. All right. You get anything out of this? Father, I pray tonight, there's a lot more to this, but I thank you that you've given us more than enough to get started on more than enough to increase in our lives. Father, that we would immerse ourselves by setting our affections upon you and your word, that we would immerse ourselves in thoughts from another world, that we would immerse ourselves in the truth from your word. Father, that we would, we would set our hearts and minds into the, into the gospel of John this week or into the book of Ephesians this week or into the book of 1 John this week. Father, that if, if we have the capabilities that, that we would listen to uh, perhaps, oh, Keith Moore, whoever, Father, so many, whoever, Keith Moore, Brother Copeland, Pastor Winston, um, Lord, even the messages that you've been speaking to us here, Pastor Mark Winslet, I'm not backing down from, from even putting my name in there, Lord, that we would hear these things, receive these things, listen to them, saturate ourselves in them, Father, initiate something, initiate a progression, Father, inside of us. Bring light where there was none. More light where there was some. Water where there was only moisture. Lord, you said that a dry stump will spring to life just with the hint, a scent of water. We're parched, Father. We need to drink deeply from you this week. Father, thank you for bringing illumination, meditation, revelation. In Jesus' name, amen.
And amen. I love you all. Thank you for life and peace. For life and peace to you. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, good things coming. I, I, I'll see you Wednesday on the camera if you're in class. And then, of course, we'll be back for services next Sunday. Good things.